0: Your drama in the relegation battle. Relegation is indeed
1: looming. I hope you're sitting comfortably because it is edge of the seat time. Good evening, beautiful people, and welcome to this week's episode of the Relegation Zone. This week's episode brought to you by Papa John's, where we will tell you your pizza's on en route 20 minutes before it enters the oven. I'm your host, Kurt Black, and on tonight's edition, we will discuss the fallout regarding Man City's FFP punishments, Barcelona's puzzling move for Martin Brathwaite, and a recap from this week's action from Europa and Champions League. But enough of me, let's hear from the lads. Mr. Josh Piercy, how are you this evening?
2: What's up? Yeah, pretty good. I've just had three slices of pizza in about five minutes, so I'm feeling a little looby. <laughs> but it's good. And i tell you what, man, the garlic sauce from Papa John's is absolutely disgusting i know they're sponsoring the episode but it's it's horrible and i ate a serrano pepper michael
1: yeah yeah this week uh this week's episode is a a great endorsement for papa john's pizza mr benora you were the brain trust behind ordering that pizza how are you (laughs) feeling right now i'm
0: good and honestly papa john's kind of let me down with the delivery time and everything but in papa we bless um and papa we believe as well papa bless everyone's soul on this podcast
1: Wow, alright. Now, if you've noticed, no one's been cut off yet, so that's a sign we're missing one of our uh, Pioneer members. Mr. Justin Sosa. Barcelona was really struggling to find that backup uh, striker. And uh, he's been sent out to uh, Barcelona. We're gonna miss him. He's a little
2: short. He's pretty speedy, though. It's either that or there's too many shorties from Tensito TV, so he's, uh, he's caught up with that, which I understand.
1: Yeah, he definitely has the pace and the dribbling. And the energy. And the shorties. And, and the shorties. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get into it. The big topic, I guess, of the last two weeks has been uh, the financial fair play coming down hard on Man City. What do you think there, Joshi?
2: Well, uh, UEFA are coming down on Man City now for what seems to be, what a lot of people are just saying is a, uh, is a finance issue, which it's not really. So what happened is Sheikh Mansour, the owner of Manchester City, um, they basically lied about how much money uh, was going into the club. So FFP states that you can only spend uh, w- essentially what your brand is worth, how much uh, income you're bringing in. Uh, so this keeps uh, from owners from being able to just buy a club and pump it full of money and for it to become something bigger than it is. This is why we're seeing small clubs like Salford City, even with the endorsement that they're getting from the original uh, the Manchester United guys. They can only go so far because they can only spend as much money... As the club is bringing in. So what happened with Mansoor is he's a part owner of uh, Eddie Hat Airways as well. So they went in and uh, the the numbers they were showing uh, from the fiscal year, I think it was two or three years ago. And this has been being this, they've they've been researching this for for a year now. Um, it was inflated. They said that they made sixty odd uh, million from that endorsement, when in reality it was more like fifteen. And then so much more was. Uh, being brought in by uh, Mansour himself out of his pocket. The real issue here is not exactly just the the finance issue because, well, that's only 40 million. That's that's not even the the, the money they pay for a American port. It's more about them lying to uh, to UEFA, and I mean that is a big thing. You, that's the the governing body for the uh, the most lucrative uh, competition in the world right now, and. Um, yeah, it's the it's more. I think I think it's more about the lying itself, and where do they go from here uh, as far as their their relationship with UEFA goes?
1: Well, it's interesting to see like <clears throat> this hasn't been something recently they've been doing. So reportedly, it's from 2012 and 2016 they are overstating their sponsorship revenue. Um, took them a little while to. Sometimes I find with UEFA they pick and choose who they punish.
2: It seems that way, yeah.
1: <clears throat> and they wait for that perfect opportunity. I found it really interesting later today or earlier today um, when Pep Guardiola was taught or was being asked about this, and I guess uh, the Barca chief Bartolomu has been making some comments. Really loving FFP for this punishment on Man City, and Guardiola kind of made a comment referring to Barca as if they really shouldn't be talking. Mm-hmm. That uh, they probably have a ban or an or something coming their way as well. I just don't think it's very smart for Barca to. Bring attention to themselves.
2: Yeah, well, what uh, all the naysayers that are saying that this isn't a big deal and uh, UEFA are out of line are saying that because, and that's the argument, is that they do this to one team a year. So last year it was PSG or maybe Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea then, last year. Yeah, and then the year before that, PSG, and then before that, uh, Milan. Which, I mean, these are big investigations that they go into. It's not. It takes a big amount of manpower for them to to go in and actually research. Uh, what what, uh, what exactly is happening? And the timing for me is a little strange. Uh, so obviously you said like two-year ban and a 30 million euro fine. Um, the ban just is at a weird time because the two-year Champions League ban and this, this, this season is not even over. Um, so how hollow would it be if they went on to win from here? It just seems weird. You think that they would either wait until at least this Champions League season is over and then come out with it or ban them from this the rest of this competition. Uh, obviously, there's, there's, there's red tape all over it, but uh, the, the issue with FFP is weird because even ever since it came in, it seemed, there, there was people who thought that it was a good idea when it came in because it, you know, it keeps owners from overspending, but then you look at it just doesn't seem right because it keeps the big clubs big and the smaller clubs small. Is essentially what it does mm-hmm you can't you you need to build your brand over time and in, in order to be able to spend money whereas like in hockey it's a uh, cap for, for example it's a cap so everybody is at the same level so it's not really fair play um, if someone like the newest owner of uh, Everton he's gonna have to wait until that brand is built bigger for them to really start spending the money um, who else has been bought out in the last little while well but- Sorry about that. No, oh, no, that's a like
0: you said earlier. Milan got hit with this, and obviously Milan's a fallen giant. They're trying to rebuild their brand again. They're trying to build it back up, but that's a problem. How can you build it back up if you can't spend the money on quality players? That that was amazing because the the I'm what I know about financial fair play. The gist of it is you spend as much as you make, and Milan's losing money. They were losing money, and that's when they got caught. They spent they wanted a 125 million spending spree, but like and we and then we got caught and then we got punished for it. So that's the gist of it. It's 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 ridiculous. I don't like it whatsoever cuz like Josh said, it keeps the smaller clubs small, it keeps the bigger clubs on top. Like realistically, Real Madrid's still a great team, don't get me wrong. But if other teams are allowed to spend the money they could. Real Madrid would be having a lot of troubles right now. They're not the same squad they used to be. And I think that's a, a, what's bad about this whole system.
1: What I find the most interesting is this is I think the first time that UEFA has ever handed out a ban that was Champions League football taken away. Yeah, it's was... always transfer windows. And Europa League in the case of... Yeah. And I'm not sure whether they're saying by banning teams from transfer windows it wasn't effective and they're trying to really go for what makes it like it hurt. I don't understand it.
2: I think the base of it as far as what you're saying on the it, it being the first time being banned from the Champions League, a big part of what... Uh, brings big players to big teams like Manchester City is the uh, City go out and they promise trophies to to these players so if you're in that competition the biggest players will come and I guess the thought from UEFA is if they're not then they won't so rather than just ban them from transferring still being able to play in the Champions League Rather, uh, put this ban on them. I think that cripples them even more than a transfer ban, actually.
0: Well, it's just interesting. I've, saw, I've seen a couple cases where UEFA has handed out these bans, transfer bans, Champions League, Europa League bans, and it was overturned. I think Man City are going to go to Castro for, for this one, which is the court that... Um,
2: court for arbitration of sports. Yeah,
0: so that's where Milan went when they got the Europa League ban reduced at, uh, to one year, which was a good f- deal for us, I think, to let us focus on league play. But I think Man City are going to appeal this, and I think it's not going to be as bad as we think. Yeah, I, I th- think I think the money fine will stay. I think it'll only be one season in Champions League, to be completely honest with you.
1: Yeah, I could not agree more. Like, I find with UEFA, they like to hand out super stiff penalties at first, because they know they're going to get appealed, and they know it's going to be dragged down. It's like you're negotiating for a new car. You go for the high price, right? And then you work it down. Um, so there's no loss here for UEFA. They're going to get their money, as Mikey said. Um, and yeah, it's going to be like one year. Man well, City's gone.
2: Yeah, bringing up the, the court of arbitration, um, That that's one thing that also makes no sense as far as the timing of this coming out is because we're only a few months before the end of the season. I mean, this is a really big issue. This is going to have to go through not only the court of arbitration, this could go through layers and layers and layers of of lawyers and having to be looked over. At the very least, if they get the two years, it won't be next year. It'll have to be pushed ahead to to the year after. It's strange. And not only that, um, the Premier League itself has FFP rules. So how are they looking at this and not coming out and also saying themselves... Hey, I mean, you guys are breaking the rules, and at the very most, you could see, well, you could get relegated for something like this if you're if you're breaking the rules. And what it it's the lying that really that really brings it back. If not relegated, at least a, a point deduction. In my opinion, nothing's gonna happen from this. They might get one year banned from the Champions League at the most. Other than that,
1: yeah, I would be shocked to see the Premier League go after Man City simply because they're one of their biggest stars. That's right. Right. Like, why would they target them for financial fair play when they want them to be spending as much money, when they want them to be as good a club as possible? Because until Liverpool won uh, the Champions League last year, there'd been a long gap Mm -hmm. where the British side had actually made an impact. So I can see that as a reason why they didn't uh, go after this themselves, kind of left it to UEFA. Maybe they brought attention to it and said, hey, look at this, Mm -hmm. but... They kept their hands clean,
2: and I looked it up. the The Manchester, the name Manchester City, like the the brand, is actually worth more than UEFA as an organization. So it's this smaller fish essentially coming after this bigger fish with this really, really, really wide uh, subject that they're that they're trying to bring them down on. I just I, I can't see how anything comes of this, but it's very interesting. It's interesting at least to to look at.
1: Now, the recent talk since this announcement has been of a mass exodus of players. Um, at one point, it was also talked that Guardiola would leave, a lot of linking him to Juventus. Um, but he said in a recent interview, he's not leaving. He's going to be sticking it out with Man City. But what about the players? Mm-hmm. They were prom- They were promised Champions League football. They were promised trophies.
2: Yeah, exactly. And well, for Pep, this is kind of the time in his tenure too, like that three years in where he starts to get itchy feet. The same thing happened to Barcelona, the same thing happened to Bayern. Um, he can come out and say that he wants to stay all he wants. It's not a binding contract for him to say that he wants to stay. I'm sure they probably asked him to say that. And as far as the players go, uh, Kevin De Bruyne, if this actually comes down and it's a two-year ban, by the time it's over, he'll be 31. So that this is his, op- this is his window now to win the Champions League. I don't even think there's a guarantee... That he stays in city, even if this is not brought up, because he wants to win the Champions League right now, you know. Um, and then beyond him, uh, other players that are expected to leave. I mean, Leroy Sané was going to leave anyway. Um,
1: There's been kind of a spat between uh, Sané and Guardiola.
2: Yeah, he's not getting the minutes that he he's an uh, incredible player, oh, and they're, they're stinting the growth of his career for sure. Uh, Améric Laporte. Could definitely be, could definitely leave. He's another guy, he's their best center back. He's one of the best center backs in the Premier League and he is another one of those guys who wants to win right now.
1: Same with Bernardo Silva.
2: Bernardo Silva is another one, yep. yeah.
1: Yeah, because he's mid-20s in yep. his prime right now and he would, like, the biggest impact I think I could see this, even though they're allowed to do transfers, if they're not in Champions League, I could see the rest of the big fish clubs come around and just start taking their players. Yeah. Like, Real Madrid just showing up, Barcelona, even Juve like being linked with Guardiola. Like The Sharks are starting to circle. They can definitely smell blood with uh, Man City.
2: Mm -hmm. The same time that Pep came out and said that he wants to stay, uh, Raheem Sterling also came out and said the same thing. But you see the way that Raheem Sterling left Liverpool, and you think that it's not a possibility that he leaves City when they're falling down on hard times, because he left Liverpool when they were falling down on hard times. Um, Yeah, saying all that, I don't see any of that actually happening, but yeah. I mean, it it, make, it gives City a bad name at, at the very least.
1: Absolutely. Um, I think this is kind of an opening, too, for Man United to take back Manchester a little bit, but they need to get their, their shit together first.
2: They have to hurry up, man. Salford City is based in Manchester, and they're coming up quick, <laughs> baby. By the time Manchester United is probably good again, it's going to be Salford City starting their... 1999 uh, treble winning year.
1: You heard it here first. No, we'll,
2: I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna follow my sword. <laughs> place for that your one. bets. Place your bets.
1: <laughs> now moving on to another really weird story: Barcelona's signing of Martin Brathwaite from Leganés. This is a desperation buy if I've ever seen one.
2: Well, it's yeah. You look up desperation buy on Google actually right now, and it's a picture of Martin Braithwaite in a Barcelona jersey.
1: And they paid. They, it wasn't like cheap money. They paid 20 million. He's 28 years old. He's got six goals this year with Leganés. But this is a guy that has Middlesbrough on on his yeah. CV. Like, yeah, that doesn't. You. That's not the trajectory that brings you to the camp. New.
2: It's like they were going to bring uh, Boyan back. <laughs> I think he's got pretty close to Middlesbrough, not Middlesbrough, but Stoke might be even worse on his CV.
1: But, uh, yeah, it's really puzzling. It's similar to last year's deal when they brought in uh, Prince Boateng. That's a good point. Because he he was no name. He was at the end of his career. And they bring him in. Uh, honestly, Ousmane Dambele is great for struggling strikers in the world. Mm-hmm. Because he gets injured and Barca panics. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And they just go get a random scrub. Mm. And, unfortunately, this time it's Mr. Brathwaite.
2: Well, the interesting thing about Brathwaite is he doesn't have any... Any kind of, like, at least Boateng had some kind of uh, pedigree, like, uh, Braithwaite has no pe- he's never played anywhere big at all.
1: No, he literally hasn't, and <laughs> my favorite part was his introductory uh, interview with Barcelona, and they asked, you know, what type of role are you going to fit in with the club? And he says, well, I'm a goal scorer, so I'm coming here to get goals. And I'm like, buddy, you are going to score goals for the reserves. Where, where are you playing? And we haven't even
2: talked about the $300 million release clause yet.
1: Part of the weirdness. Which is
2: just insane. Like, Who set that? The player or the club? I don't know who his agent is. I'd like to have a little chat with him. (laughs) He might be able to get me some deals.
1: He'd make you some bank. The interesting part about this deal, I didn't even know this rule. Um, But as you've noticed, it's midway through February. There shouldn't be any transfers at this point. But in La Liga, you're allowed to purchase a player as long as they play in Spain or their rights are owned in Spain mm-hmm. uh, to deal with like an injury issue. Mm-hmm. So
0: I like that. It's cool. I like that rule. It's interesting.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like um, like waivers in basketball, how the trade deadline can go by and you can bring him on in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much of an impact he's going to have. I don't really think Barcelona needs him. Like Griezmann's finally started to actually look like he belongs there now. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting move.
2: Yeah, I, don't, I, I mean, if Justin was here, he'd be like, uh, La Masia, man, La Masia, they got a million good strikers, bro. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm not going to try to do his accent right now because he's going to listen to this and absolutely rinse me. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, He's coming
1: after me because I already said no one's getting interrupted today. Yeah. That was a but, subtle shade.
2: But, I mean, yeah, is there nobody uh, from their from their youth academy that they want to bring up and, and give a chance? I don't really understand. The only thing I could think that's
0: kind of similar to this is the Manchester United? Um, I don't know how to say his name. A Nigerian striker from China. Oh, Agallo. Mm. That's an interest. That's what I could compare this one to. Realistically, it's a last minute buy, and it's because they need a backup striker.
2: Yeah, but Agallo scored 18 goals before Christmas when he came into Watford. I think I, I, that number's probably not right, but he scored a. Yeah, that sounds like a lot. I think he scored 18 goals that year. He he has proven to be a good player yeah in the past he was he wasn't he wasn't there at all for his second season, but then he went and he was banging him in, in China I mean at least this guy was still scoring goals. what has Braithwaite done? he was banging he was struggling in the championship and then Laganas is not exactly a world beater yeah I don't know well don't to know. me
1: this this uh this inspired me. I was looking into some of the weirdest just questionable transfers in history and it reminds me the most of Julian Faubert from West Ham oh, no. to real. To Real Madrid on loan, and this guy was not even a starter for West Ham. And Real brought him in in their era of the Galacticos. So, oh, poor lad. I guess you, you know, it's almost like uh, those fantasy camps <laughs> when you suck at sports and they invite you to the big camp just to see how it is. Maybe that's his experience. I've
2: never heard of that. Were you, did you go to one of those one summer? In, I feel uh, like, Kurt, definitely did. <laughs> I feel yeah, like Kurt did. I feel
1: like Kurt did. Nah, dude, the Jays do one. They bring you down to spring training. You hit the ball. You bunt the ball. You have a good time.
2: Feel like a fantasy camp would be you go and uh, you just do like D and D. You got a sword and stuff. No, are you talking about role
0: play type yeah, stuff? Yeah, <laughs>
2: role play type stuff. That's what I mean.
0: LARP I, isn't that live action role play? That's larping. A, yeah, larping. I, would,
2: I, Josh, I can see you larping in back home. I would. Well, it's a little cold back home. I would definitely go larping for sure. You would go larping. Well, yeah, once probably. What's wrong with that? You got a little sword, <laughs> little shield. Maybe Dr- drink a potion, maybe. Drink a potion.
0: How much health would it
2: give you? Plus 20. (laughs) Magic resistance. Magic (laughs) resistance. I love Skyrim, dude. If I could do that in real life. I like Skyrim. What's your top 10 games? No, I'm just kidding. FIFA. uh, Pez. (laughs) Speaking of FIFA, though, Martin Braithwaite had a massive afro. Do you remember that? I think it was FIFA 14. He had a huge afro when he was on Toulouse.
0: If we're talking about FIFA, I'm kind of a pro here. Okay. He was one of the most OP players
2: back then in FIFA, actually. Him and uh, Wassim Ben Yedder made Toulouse a decent team.
0: Ben Yedder's still in FIFA, uh, OP in FIFA till this day. He has an 88 overall card, which is absolutely crazy.
2: Guy's got a really flat chest. What? Yeah. <laughs> ben Yedder does. What are you talking about? It's like a really uh, flat, round chest. Anyway, sorry, we're getting off topic here.
1: Yeah, I was just sitting there in shock. I kind of I
2: enjoyed that talk right
0: there <laughs> to the Ben Yedder part. <laughs>
1: All right. Back uh, now with the week in midweek, we had uh, some European action throughout uh, Europa League. It's weird not having ADB here so we could talk about Europa League because he'd be pretty thrilled. Inter Milan had a good win, you know, over Lugo Goretz, 2 0. Except for they had a really awful, poor first half. Like they were non existent. And for a team that looks like they want the Scudetto this year, it wasn't impressive, but their new king. Came to the savior, Mr. Lukaku, with a goal and an assist, and and Mr. Eriksson
2: and Mr. Eriksson
1: scored his first goal for Inter. How does that make you feel, Josh?
2: It makes me feel great that he's going to freaking Belgium or wherever the hell he's going for his uh, his Europa League. While we're playing in the Champions League, baby. So it's not like I'm relaxed there. It's, it's not like I'm sour about it. Or whatever.
1: Yeah, but how'd that? Uh, hold, set- on. S- hold on,
2: hold <laughs> on. United tied Club Bruges. So before we start talking about my crap, we're going to talk about United. <laughs> they tied Club Bruges, <laughs> right? And Salzburg aren't looking too good in the Europa League. They lost
1: 4-1. Oh, they got killed today. Without uh, Holland without, and uh, Minnow.
0: Erling, Blut, Holland.
1: Yeah. They lost their stars and they are going down. That was a tough thing to watch. Mm-hmm. They weren't really in that. That was 4-1. Um, I don't think Man United should be chirped for Club Bruges, though. Like, Club Bruce showed up in Champions yeah, they, League before they got knocked out.
2: They were one of those cats. I forgot about that. Simon Mignolet.
1: He got an assist.
2: Number one star.
1: He got an assist today. He was like the first keeper in uh, uh, European action to get an assist since like 2015. R- really? Yes. That's, Simon. that's a super strange stat. Super, super strange. But yeah, that's what happened. Mr. Mignolet. But uh, now that we've gone through the Ch- Europa League... Yeah, Tell, us <laughs> Tell us about Champions uh, League. Tell us about how yesterday went for you.
2: Well, oh man, Valencia lost pretty bad to Atlanta. But do you see that Ilcic goal? That was nice.
1: Super nice. Mm-hmm. I'm re- Honestly, Atlanta is like my little dark horse team. So I'm yeah. really proud of them.
2: Yeah, th- no, they're cool. Um, but no, what, I think what you're referring to is uh, is Tottenham losing to Leipzig. Van Tonil, which is tough. But... Yeah, whatever. We got too we have too many injuries. Look, the, the the problem with Tottenham right now is uh Mourinho's trying to play his style, but everywhere he goes, he 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 can establish his style with a big midfielder, a good defense, and then I mean, most of the time a big guy up front, sort of. Like and that made sense when Kane was there. Um yeah, he's kind of always had a big guy up front. Um but right now, when you got Lucas Mora up front, who's like four foot two, and the whole idea is to defend and then catch him on the counter and cross it in, um, and he's going to get beat there every time. And Tottenham don't have, without Kane or, or uh, Son, they don't really have that one guy. And that used to be Eriksen, too, and now he's gone.
1: Yeah, but you got to give him some credit because I feel before Werner, Werner's goal, Tottenham were right in there. They had a couple chances to get that opener. Like Loselzo had a really nice free kick, mm-hmm. and what's that new lad's name? I can't pronounce it.
2: Uh, Bergvijn.
1: Yeah, he hit the post with that little, that little finesse shot into the corner. That was nice. Yeah,
2: that was like the two, the two splashes. I think Loselso is going to be the best player. He's going to be, he's going to really replace Eriksson and be. I th- he adds something a little different than Eriksson. He's got more he's, pace than Erickson. Yeah, and he's better on, he's he's a bit better on the ball, I think, and he kind of, he he'll he'll take a guy on, whereas Erickson would would rather. Um, dish it out which for most of the time worked well for him. Erickson's more of a tacky minded player though. Well, Soso is more
0: of a box to box type guy. But about the better on the ball thing, I don't think that's correct.
2: I think Erickson's better on the ball. I'm saying that he has the He has the ability to to morph into that kind of player more than Erickson was. Erickson okay, was more fair. of a guy that gets the ball and he's like right away looking to move it on. He wasn't a guy who ever sat on the ball for very long. That's true. Fair enough.
1: Elsewhere in the Champions League, PSG's Champions League nightmares continued as Dortmund took it 2-1, and you know who scored, Mr. Erling Haaland.
0: If you guys don't know, this is Erling Haaland rapping right now. Bump it. <laughs> wow, not a great rapper. He is not good, but thank God he's a great footballer. Yeah, he's, he's right. going
1: to stick to his day job, and he's fantastic Guy has
0: 1.8 million views. We'll give him credit what? where it's
2: due. Flow Kings this is his lyric group. <laughs> Flow Kings? Yeah, the song's called Kogo Joe. Did you just call the band a lyric group also? What? <laughs> you said Flow Kings is his lyric group. Anyway, I'm
0: sorry. Did I? No. <laughs> I'm did I'm I sorry. say that? You did, yeah. I didn't mean that. Okay.
1: So it was two goals for Mr. Holland, not the rapper. Um, but the the most impressive part was when Neymar tied it in the seventy fifth minute, and Holland just went right back.
2: Yeah, that I, was insane. I love it when someone scores, and and the um, the thing there with the the time is is still up. The timer is still up, and there's there's a there's a goal that goes in. It's always good.
1: He is a goal scoring machine. Like I don't think I've seen anyone like him. Like Mbappe is the very closest. Uh, and just pure goal scoring, after. Uh, like phenomenon at that age, um, which brought us into a kind of an interesting topic we were talking about earlier. Is is Holland and Mbappe going to be like the Ronaldo and Messi moving forward? Yeah, right. Like it looks like it. And it. Mbappe's a little bit more finesse right now. He adds the assists. He's got 24 goals and 15 assists this year. Uh-huh. But Holland's got 38, <laughs> which is just a ridiculous number at his age. Yeah. And I thought his goals would definitely go down, but uh, really interesting to see.
2: No, you okay, Josh, he made the right move. Yeah, you, you look a little
0: weird, man. Yeah, you. I don't you know. You're kind stroke? of tripping. You're tripping me out right now. Why do I we look weird? You're just looking to the distance in the studio, and you're like, "Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah." Are you okay?
2: I'm good. Do you need water? No, I've got water now. Okay, good. I, I ate a, a spicy pepper, but I'm good now.
1: Elsewhere in shocking news, Atletico Madrid actually someone beat Liverpool. Yeah, Wow we? Like, unfortunately, no one in the prem can learn how to do that. Well, actually, kind of funny. What, what,
2: what, um, what usually happens is Liverpool will catch somebody on on the counter, especially off of set pieces and corners and stuff like that. And the way that uh, Atletico were setting up on the corner, they were keeping guys back because Di- Simeone is obviously an amazing uh, defensive tactician, and he was keeping that little net of players in the back so they wouldn't get hit on the counter with uh, you know Mane and Salah's blistering pace and uh, i think a lot of premier league clubs need to need to have a look at that and uh and uh, take a take a note from that page so
0: Atletico is an interesting case and
2: there's only one way to describe them sometimes maybe
0: good sometimes maybe shit they're either a big hit or a big miss and against liverpool they were a big hit and you really saw when they played their game they could beat anyone realistically they mm-hmm. can they beat the best team in the world
1: and they held liverpool without even getting a shot on target the whole game which is impressive when you Put in that Atletico scored just four minutes into the game,
0: and I know you, they got Mane, Salah, Firmino. But if you look, even if they got one shot net, you got Oblak in there. He's one of the better, best goalies in the world, I would say. Yep, he's fantastic. So even if you got the one shot net, I'm sure there's a good chance Oblak would have saved
1: it. Well, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you never take. Well, so
2: I, th- I think it just shows goes to show how much uh, the Premier League sucks this year, because like. I mean, Atletico put in a really good shift against them, and they got the win. And just nobody in the Premier League has been able to... The top six can't defend for for anything. And uh, the rest of the teams don't have enough going forward.
1: I think it'll be really interesting if Liverpool gets through this group and they keep moving on in the Champions League, whether not having to compete in the Prem will hurt them. Because they're playing so many games where it's almost meaningless. And then you get into one of these Champions League games where everything's on the line and they clearly were lacking a little bit. Even during the group stage, they weren't dynamite, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's hard to say like they have all the power and the ability to repeat as Champions League winners, but I think the season's just becoming a little too easy for them. They're getting a little slack.
2: Yeah, well, that's the thing because they're only they're only 5 games away from from uh, clinching the the title now. Uh if they can win all 5. Um so obviously, yeah, it, it, you're, you're absolutely right that uh, the, the, the easiness of the Premier League for them right now might affect them in the Champions League down the stretch.
1: Now, we, now to finish tonight's show, we usually do a recap of all the leagues and what we're looking forward to coming into this weekend. We're not going to even bother with the Premier League. It's a wash. We know what's happening.
2: Well, I want to say that uh, probably the most important game for Tottenham season is coming up this weekend.
1: Okay, we'll give you a, a small little uh, segment here. Okay. Tell us about
2: it. Well, it's against Chelsea, and it's uh, five versus four. Chelsea are on 41 points. We're on 40. Uh, they just had a pretty bad loss against uh, United midweek, 2 um, 0 for United. And Chelsea really didn't look like they had anything going forward at all. I mean, because Abraham's out with an injury, Ado- Hudson O'Doyle's out with an injury. Um, what's up with Pulisic? I don't know where he's to. Um, but Batchiwai doesn't really look like he has anything going, up, going forward. And. Uh, Olivier Giroud, when he they only brought him in in the 82nd minute, and uh, he looked good. He got a goal that ended up being offsides, um, but they really didn't look like they had any creativity going forward. And of course, Conte went off with an injury as well. So it's interesting. We'll we'll see what happens if if Tottenham can take advantage of uh, Chelsea's bad form or not.
1: I feel with Chelsea, they had so much momentum earlier in the year with all the young guns, and maybe it's they're running out a little bit of a steam. They couldn't really add any of those January transfers to kind of bolster the squad. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But on to, let's start with Syria because I think that's the greatest title race there is out there. And I think no one better to start it off than Mr. Benora.
0: Well, I'm not involved in the title. My team's not involved in the title race.
1: I think your opinion's very valued because you're kind of outside of the race. There's no heated emotion. For me, I'm very heated and emotional about this. You're not very much so because your team sucks. Well, so,
0: okay, we're gonna touch on that a little later, but for now, I'm gonna go into it. Okay. Um, obviously, Lazio are right on your Juventus's tails right now, right there. I think
1: I love Lazio right now.
0: D- Lazio are a fun team to watch, they're only one point behind you guys. One point,
1: I love them because they beat Inter on the weekend and moved Inter down to third.
0: But Lazio, they're, they're a great team to watch. It seems like everything's working with them. Um, Amoble and Casado up top um they're the most they're the best partnership in Europe's top five leagues that's the best way to describe it right now technically they have the most goals and assists combined so that's interesting right there to the say leaf uh say the least I just said leaf uh <laughs> a mobile and Casado but obviously mobile is carrying most of the goals there I think Casado only has six this season but just even Klopp's cheering for them when Jorgen Klopp is cheering for a team you got to cheer for them Jurgen Klopp's such a lovable man. You gotta follow his ways, and I hope Lazio win it this season. They're kind of an underdog story; no one really took them seriously. But Filippo Inzaghi's brother, Simone Inzaghi, has been incredible. He's the way he's working around with that team, and especially the underrated players that he keeps. He plays them at the right positions. He has the right defensive schemes going right now. It's working out. Lazio one of the most underrated playmakers in all of football, I believe, in Luis Alberto. That that Spanish attacking mid, he has been great for the past couple seasons now.
1: He's kind of been like their un. Uh, everyone else gets the fame, like their attacking forwards, but he's always been like the the motor that gets that offense going. Like the last three years for sure.
2: Their unsung hero.
0: He that is what I was looking hero. for. Yeah, he has been. Now we're gonna move on to a better team. I'm kidding. Um, AC Milan, my team. Hmm. Um, one nothing win this weekend over Torino. Ant Rebic. he has five goals in his last five CRI games. Ante Rebic. No, Ant Rebic. <laughs> Not Ant Rebic. Ant
1: I'm telling you right now.
0: Okay, Ante Rebic. <laughs> we'll cut that out.
1: No, we won't. We're keeping that <laughs> No, No,
0: we're cutting that Okay, Ante you either way, since... 2020 has come around he's has five goals in his last five A games while also getting a goal and assist in two Copa Italia games and I know he, at the beginning I say he was gonna be great for Milan obviously he hasn't reached that yet but he's been solid this sec that's coming into 2020 and it's honestly good he's playing left mid too you think he would be playing center forward or striker he's only playing on the wing and he's doing that much it's it's quite a joy to watch and then they've been playing some good football lately um we saw young center back mateo gabia make his debut for milan he was he's shaky obviously a little bit at first he's first appearance but i'm happy with milan's progress right now i think we're, i hate saying this but i think we're gonna get europa league i think we could so,
1: you honestly took the words out of my mouth because i'm looking at the standings here you guys are in eighth place but you're tied uh with verona and parma
0: that's so sad
1: Right? That's so sad. I know, I know. But and they're above you.
0: But But Milan struggled to start the season. They I did. gotta give credit where it's due because Stefano Pioli, um, the coach of Milan often often got lost of stick on his other teams. Hold on a second, Josh. What's <laughs> funny?
2: Sorry, it's the way you said anyway, go ahead. Sorry.
0: I'm gonna leave. <laughs> Stefano. Stefano Pioli. Pioli. There you go, Pioli. Um, he's done a great job with Milan. He changed the formation. He came in, tried to rock the four four two. Kind of worked, but against the bigger teams, it didn't. Then switched to the four four one one, and that's worked out perfectly. And Ibra's brought a mentality to this team that the champion, not the championship, the winning DNA this team hasn't had in a while. So I have high hopes for Milan. To be completely honest with you.
1: To be honest, I I totally see them getting Europa spot at this point because. The team holding it down is Roma, and they are just collapsing right now. They haven't won in four straight.
0: Yeah, that's that's interesting. What, what's going on with Roma? Maybe getting rid of Florenzi was the wrong deal right there. Their captain is gone.
1: Maybe. Yeah, that's actually a hot, like underrated because move.
0: Think about it. In the dressing room, the players are like, "Okay, like, why would they sell off our captain?" You know what I mean? They're probably kind of confused, and they're kind of thinking, "Like, what's the real?" Because Florenzi's a solid player. He's solid all around. He's very versatile. They're probably thinking, why would they sell him off? Like, are they taking this season serious anymore? Are they trying to sell off to make some profit? What's going on here? It's That could be a player's mentality right now.
1: Fair. Well, now we've talked about the bottom feeders. I mean, AC Milan. I think we should give some time on Juve. And I don't care what you were saying earlier, Benor, about us buying penalties. That's BS.
0: No, I think if you get... Ten out of ten Italian football fans in here that aren't Juventus fans, they will agree that you guys somewhat pay the referees.
2: No, okay. well, I, I, I. It's a hot take. You can't even be saying that. When the proof. Why comes can I out? say that?
0: We're not on a radio show. It doesn't have to be factually correct. This is a podcast. It's opinionated.
1: Well, when the when the proof when the proof uh, arrives, you can show me all of it. Okay, Benoa.
0: Oh, I will. You can show Wait. me it
1: all. Um, but recently, I'll be honest. As a Juve fan, I had had it up to here with, uh, with Ball. Like, if you had asked me last week, I wanted him canned, I wanted him gone. You know what? I still want him gone. But maybe maybe he's thinking of some new ideas. Maybe he's going to be smarter now. Because now he's finally decided to change the forward formation. Now he's going to have Ronaldo in his normal position out on the left wing. Quadrado's leaving right back. He's coming up. And they're going to put Dybala in a false nine. Which, I love the idea. Like I think that's going to be fantastic. It's almost like how Messi played when he was younger with Barcelona.
0: I got a little something interesting right here. It's Football Italia. One of the most reliable sources oh, in all of italian football god all right go ahead josh what's the problem now man you're Let's... gonna
2: you're gonna bring up some stat how 10 out of 10 people are
1: from no Italy, no italian no fans. i'm just gonna say
0: this a juventus fan wrote this and this was after the loss to verona they said house verona showed italian champ- champions juventus that hard work beats talent Juve are so used to cheating they forgot how to play hard and work hard why would a Juventus fan throw cheating in there? What That's, is
1: that? Like a a tweet just from a no, random dude? it's
2: on the website Football Italia.
1: Yeah, but what's the proof that that guy's actually a Juve fan?
2: Or a journalist or does any research? Or, yeah. Has <laughs> well, he ever
1: watched a football game in his life?
0: I think he has watched a football game in his life for sure. He wouldn't be hired. Football Italia is a very reliable source. I, and a good news outlet, in my opinion.
2: Dude, are you going to let that thing regulate you like that, uh, Kurt?
1: Well, I, I think it's complete rubbish.
2: I don't think so. Are you you dead ass right now? (laughs) Sorry, Michael, just gave me a really hard look.
1: I look forward to sometime in the far, far future when another Italian team wins the league. Lazio this year? It's not happening. A couple months? (laughs) Like, realistically. But when that happens, I'm just going to be like, well, they cheated. They, uh Jeez! <laughs> I, was, I thought it was gonna be a silent one. Us. I heard that on the mic too. I My heard Lord. that from
0: out here, and I'm in a different room than you guys.
1: That was something remarkable. <laughs> um But let's get out of out of uh, Syria and move over to uh, the Bundesliga.
0: We're doing B- Bundesliga.
1: Yeah, I want to talk a little Bundesliga. <laughs> I was
0: not prepared for that one.
1: Well, that's like the next best league out there that actually has some competition going on, like league one. Really isn't competition. There's a 10 point gap between PSG and Marseille. No matter how long Neymar's out partying for whose birthday, they're not coming back. But in the Bundesliga, we got five teams within six points. Bayern's up at 46. <laughs> Red Bull's. <laughs> <laughs> Papa, John's. Dude, Papa John's. Thank you so much, up. Papa John's. Sponsored. Um. Leipzig's only one point behind, and as Josh found out,
2: <laughs> Michael, that is enough.
1: <laughs> they can't control this. <laughs> as Josh pointed out, they uh, they had their way with Tottenham last night. So are we gonna have a little upset?
2: Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. Leipzig have some injury problems right now. They're missing a couple of uh, key guys. But I don't know. Nagelsmann's a really good coach. Uh, they're obviously having a really good season. Werner's having a really good season. But I think if anyone's gonna catch. Bayern, actually, I think it'll be. uh, I think it'll be Dortmund. Yeah,
1: yeah, they're only four points back at forty two.
2: Because the way I see it, I think that Leipzig are probably going to beat Tottenham in this round, and then in the next round they're going to have to. I mean, once once you get to the quarterfinals, you kind of look at it, look at it, and be like, "Wow, we kind of have a shot at this thing now." They're going to take it a little more seriously. Um, Yeah, I think Leipzig will probably end up finishing third, but. Dortmund, uh, I think, have a real shot, especially now with Holland and the way he's playing. A real shot at, uh, at passing Bayern. And we can't forget about
0: Jaden Sancho. That guy has picked it up recently, and uh-huh. he has been on fire. Maybe his last hurrah or Dortmund just giving them all these goals and assists. Their players, yeah, he's
1: had like a, at least a goal or an assist in like the last ten games. It's crazy. Like he's, he's a just remarkable been a player. Oh yeah.
0: And usually when players have one good year, they're especially younger guys, they kind of cool off the second
2: year. But it seems like he's he started off slow, but he's picked up the pace for sure. Yeah, and uh, Dortmund and uh, Bayern play on uh, April fourth, and then a few few days later they're playing Leipzig. So that'll be uh, it'll come down to that, I think. That couple of stretches where they uh, where they play those, those teams that are in the top three. Already, I think uh, I've had enough. You've had enough of all of us? The, this pizza is sitting really, yeah, really heavily it's, in this It is stomach. sitting poorly. I will give you guys We that. recommend
1: if you're ever uh, doing a podcast, don't eat Papa John's before. It'll be cut short because Papa John's. But I, anyway, thank you for joining us, folks. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week.